forever. Dog. Hi gang. Um, it's me, Clay Tatum. Um, if this is the first time uh, you listening to this podcast and you don't know who I am, I'm fa- I'm famous for being Channing Tatum's father. Um, so I just want to come in here and uh, just say that today's episode is a little different. Okay, gang. Um, today's episode, uh, I have uh, my friend Kurt Neal on, and he recently made a feature film, um, uh, Five Days. And when I say recently, I mean he made it last year. Um, so we mainly just talk about um, the movie that he made, and I think I think we have a lot of good goofs on this episode, and, and we have a blast. And you can learn something, too, if you want to make... Um, if you want to make a feature film in five days um, so well, I'm just here to say that um, the movie is called Derek's Dead and it's uh, for pre-order right now if you go to iTunes you can pre-order it and this movie um, has a past guest on it like Anna Sergina and Kalamazano and it also has a lot of other f- uh, funny people and also Rod is in this movie so if you're curious what it's like uh, to, if you want to watch a feature film that has Rod in it and watch this movie. I mean, I'm not in it. I help. I help shoot the movie. And what I mean by that is, I held the. Uh, I held one of the cameras. Um, but anywho, gang, uh, this is that's today's episode. We talk about uh, our friend's movie, and I hope you like it. And I hope you pre-order his movie. It's called Derek's Dead. It's on uh, iTunes, and it comes out December fifteenth. Okay. Keep biking. You'll be enjoying the podcast. Hi everyone, um, my name is Clay Tatum. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm currently in bed right now, and a lot of people are in bed sick with COVID, but I'm in bed sick of COVID. Um, um, so cut it out, people. And also we have Whitmer Thomas. Whitmer Thomas is the star of The Golden One. If you don't know what The Golden One is, it is a, um, it's, a, a it's an experiment Whit did to see if we um, gave him uh, random music tracks, if he can make up lyrics to them, and that's what he did, and that's what the whole special is about. We also um, he have uh, Ronnie Thomas Berry. He's a, he's a brother from another mother, and what I mean by that is um, he we don't we don't uh, have the same mom, and he's also forty nine. Oh. So I don't know if he would even How be. Old am I? You're 49 years old, and I'm 24, so it doesn't even make sense that we would be brothers. We're I also don't be your dad, and we're also um, uh, here with Kurt Neal. Kurt Neal is famously my little brother, and okay. he's here to teach us how to make a feature film. Welcome to the podcast, gang. Hey, thanks for having me, man. You know, older brothers, both my older brothers from another mother's. Thanks, well. thanks for doing the podcast, Kurt. Hey, you're welcome, wet boy. Thank for you. Right. If you don't know what's going on right now, what's in the car? He, he had to go to Pasadena because he wanted to eat at a restaurant. He wanted to eat outside of Chipotle. So he, he had keeps dropping the phone though. It's making me dizzy. Hey, uh, uh, Kurt, does yeah. COVID, COVID, does that exist in Oregon? Barely. It's here, but like it's chill. It's not, been it's to not, Ch- or I know, Chick-fil-A. What? What are you talking about? Wit, we lost Wit, I think. Oh, Wit was oh, doing really? a monologue. We didn't know. Really? Can you I hear me now? You. Back now? Yeah, I can hear you, my man. Okay. COVID okay. exists in Oregon, but barely. Like it's it's Oregon's doing pretty good. I mean, we got a bunch of sick people and some dead people, which is awful, but uh, less than other states. So that's good. Now, um, what's it like? Like it. 
is everybody freaking out about it and talking about it nonstop like they are in the big city? No, nobody's talking about anything. Everybody's like trying to do the same thing they always used to do. Um, but now they're like, oh, I got to wear a mask. Okay. Like there's still like, nobody thinks it's real partially because yeah. we've been relatively untouched comparatively. But um, I just do DoorDash and wear a mask and my parents don't leave the house for the most part. And everyone else is trying to do the exact same thing. I don't hear anybody talking about it. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much untouched too right now, but that's because I've been distancing myself from Rod. That's smart. Rod's one of the scariest ones. Well, Rod's a, Rod uh, is a COVID denier because he denies I'm, he has COVID. I'm not yeah. a COVID denier. I just don't have COVID. How many weeks in a row now have you had it, Rod? I haven't had it. Well, he's been a COVID denier this entire time. This so, entire time since day so one. You could have had it the whole time and not even known it because you were denying that you had it, is what Witt's trying to say. I'm just saying that I've never had it. I've been tested and I didn't have it. Can you provide evidence of the, the, the negative tests, please? I mean, that's from a while ago. I'd have to I'd have to search for it. We'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait for it. Well, Rod, like everything he that the government is involved with, he thinks that the tests are rigged. Yeah, yeah exactly. I do think, I do well, think they, that they there were is also COVID made, in the test. They were also made by Dominion, the web server that got the drives stolen in Connecticut. So exactly. How, how are we supposed to trust any of those tests at that point? And when I told Rod that I got my uh, COVID test through Dominion, he flipped out. Yeah, I know. Rod thinks they're the worst. Rod yeah. thinks they're part of the deep state. Um, and, I, and I told him, Rod, this is my eighth time of getting COVID. I don't know what to tell you. I a nice close-up of Wit's ear right now. Yeah, man. Looks good. This is Hi, guys. <laughs> what, what is going on? <laughs> I'm just driving. I don't know. <laughs> Is that how you drive? And talk on the well, phone? I'm trying to provide y'all with the best sound while also being able to, I want to hear what you're saying. We're getting the POV of the phone during a normal phone call. Yeah. It's kind of cool, I think. It's does cool. Your, it's nice. Wait, does your car beep? Yeah, it beeps anytime a car comes close to me. Oh, because it's scared of cars? Yeah, my car's a bitch. Hey, Kurt, I heard you, um, you made a movie. What's this all about? Yeah, man, you were there. Don't you feel Yeah, I know. Remember? I remember. It's called, um, Derek's, it's called dad. Derek's Dad is Not Dead, but Derek's Dead. No, it's called Derek's Dead. It's yeah. a movie. Um, yeah, you were there. Rod was there. Yeah. Well, and the, and, and the sequel is going to be Derek's, Derek's Dad. Derek's Dad Dunks is the sequel. Yes, yes. Wow. It's yes. really yeah. cool. It's all about Derek's Dad dunking. So, yeah, so Kurt, this, I this remember. Is, remember when the plot was about a, a failed dunk? Oh, yeah. And I told you not to do it. Yeah, you, you made me change it. The whole yeah. movie. You wrote the movie. <laughs> yeah, the, here's the thing. What happened was Kurt came over to my house one day. He was like, hey, I want to run an idea by you. Yeah. And I just talked it. I was just like, oh, hey, um, that sounds good. Why don't you do this also? And then that meant um, I'm now a cameraman and I'm on set every day. I see. Well, I just I trust the guy. I trust the guy. I want the guys I trust to hold the important pieces of equipment. So I made Clay hold a, a really big camera that probably we didn't need. Yeah, and a lens that was twice as big as the camera. Why was it so big? What? It, 4K. It's it shot 4K. That's what it's all about these days, baby. Yeah. That's weird because uh, my webcam shoots 4K, and it's like this big. It's like it's the smallest thing in the world. You can carry it anywhere. Yeah, you could really just take it around. Well, you. but you also got that from Dominion, so can we really trust that webcam? I mean, I, I think, think so. I can. Rod's talking about the smallest thing in the world that he carries so... everywhere. Can I try what the joke again? Can, can I try the joke again? Yeah, give everybody clear yeah. the room for for Clay's joke real quick. 
So, um, Rod's talking about something, this world's smallest thing, and he carries around with him everywhere he goes. Tell him, I've heard this before. Yeah. <laughs> talking about his freaking penis. Talking about oh, his tiny, tiny hands. Talking about. talking about his tiny feet. I don't yeah. think that's the smallest thing in the world. Remember when we thought we would? Big. Remember when we thought we were going to impeach President Trump by just telling him everyone about his small hands? That'll get him out of office. He'll be so ashamed. He'll leave. Yeah. Or that he peepees on people, or likes to get peepeed on. Yeah, sorry, it's the other way around. Thanks. Yeah, it's like, all right, you can't kink, you can't kink shame the guy. Look, we didn't know if he got stung by a jellyfish. That's Maybe true. Maybe it was uh, yeah. saving his life. So, ever think about that one, folks? Wait, did he get peed on, or Clay? This yeah. is your dad. No, 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 no. This is on? my dad. Sorry, everyone. This okay, is yeah. he. He went. He was in Russia, Russia. and he um, went to a room that Obama stayed in, and he had prostitutes pee on each other in the right. bed, and he filmed oh, he it. Just, he just watched. Yeah, and then some guy the- named Michael Steele said he had the tapes, the pee pee tapes. Michael Steele is a made-up guy. That's and remember the guy from The Stupids? The guy from The Stupids looked for the PP tape and had a Vice show because of it. That sounds fun, dude. <laughs> yeah, guy from Stupids looks for PP tape. Yeah, I'm going to miss Trump because of the guy from The Stupids PP tape show. He was good for comedy, man. That's what everybody says. One of my favorite shows was the guy from The Stupids PP tape the show. <laughs> Um, Kurt, did you so? Do you like mo- making movie, and will you, will you make another one? I hated making this one, and I want to make a bunch more. Yeah, um, it was a no. This was a nightmare. I was you were there. Yeah, uh, you you were you looked face. you looked um, uh, miserable the whole I time. Was, I was very fragile at every second of every day, uh, but I I made it through with the help of many friends and good people. Yeah. But um, no, I hated it because of my uh, existential crisis I was already going through at the time. But I feel better now. So now I want to make uh, movies some more because it was. I wanted it to be fun. I want to do it again, but I wanted it to be fun this time. Remember when I threw up? Remember that? I threw up because the the day before the night, the last night essentially, we like went out and like had beers. Everyone had like three beers tops. Yeah. But the next day, everyone but me felt the worst they've ever felt. And Clay, we kept having to wait to shoot because Clay was barfing. So Clay would yeah. barf. And then he'd come back and pick up the biggest camera in the world and shoot yeah. a scene for, for four minutes. And then he'd go barf again. And it was yeah. the worst. And then yeah. we finished and we all just said, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It wasn't Why were you barfing? But it's, it, here's the thing. It's, he had three beers. Well, I had, I had some double IPAs in my tummy that I had to get out. And, you know, three or four pretty long days. It was a grueling experience, but it's a good, funny movie. You're going to love you it. You shot the whole movie in four days? Yeah, six kind of, but most of it in four. There was like two half and, days. And this movie is is it's already got a lot of buzz because of uh, my car, isn't it? Yeah, everybody's been thanks to you being so famous. Um, everybody has now discovered that your car, your old car, and I think my car Rod's car, Rod's car now is in yeah. the movie quite a bit. It's featured. Um, so now people are talking like, oh my God, you hear that, you know, that really hot comedian, Whit Thomas, his, I heard his car is in this new movie, Derek's Dead. Well, it, my car is now available player. on iTunes. It's crazy it's that my car is in two movies that came out this year. You know what else is in the movie? What else? It's great in it. Your movie. Friggin' Rod. That's, I guess it's a comedy special. Yeah, Rod is in the movie and he has a star turning, it's pre-haircut Rod, which is 
it's crazy that you caught him pre haircut. Pre-bangs. I know. We're really lucky to have Rod. I'm so glad I mic'd him for the scenes he's in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can hear him. Actually, I, said, I, didn't, I didn't wear a mic. I refused. I said to Rod, I said, Rod, I need a guy next to this guy that talks. You want to be that guy? But then, of course, because I improvise everything, like Rod speaks. <laughs> because he's not just a mute standing there. So I, I blew it, as usual. Rod, how long were you? Um, how how long were you on set that day, Rod? Uh, I think I was on set for at at least like eight hours. I got there like around noon because we had to shoot. <laughs> I didn't care about Rod's day. <laughs> Give me your hours, Rod. But hey, I gave Rod the coolest leather jacket in the world, and I see yeah. me a leather jacket. I'm pretty sure he has never worn it yet since. It's almost never cold enough in LA to wear a yeah. jacket. Well, I put it I on. I did send it like, to you. We we needed him for two scenes, and I like forgot about it. So I'm like, ah, fuck. We got to put him in some other clothes. So like, here, put on this leather jacket I got, Rod. See if that looks cool. And he looked so good. I was like, you got to keep it, Rod. Just it take it. Look it looks cool. too good. He's brown. Did you feel badass, Rod? Yeah, I did feel pretty badass. He's standing next to Greg Edwards too. Like standing next to cool guy Greg and wearing a leather jacket. Like how much? How much it was cool. I I played Greg's uh, friend in the in the movie, yeah. and it's honestly the coolest I've ever felt. You look really cool. That's nice. And they're good. Yeah, Rod does look really cool. Yeah, yeah. Rod's pretty. You guys are right on the oh, thank you so sun. Much. Rod looks really great on film. Yeah, you're sounding great. Yeah, you're sounding really good. That's what we're talking about great. Um, but I want to talk more about how Clay basically wrote the whole movie. Because you also, Clay pitched like, there's like only one big twist of any kind, if you want to call it a twist. And Clay, yeah. Clay pitched it. And I was like, yeah, well, let's just do that. That's what happens with Alex, too. Alex Kabitsky gives me notes. And I'm like, yep, those are good. I'm going to yeah, do it. Yeah, you're very, you, can, you take notes very well in, <laughs> in the sense that you instantly take them and apply them to your movie. Well, because I never come in with any concrete ideas. I'm like, okay, there's these guys, and then they got to go drop the ashes. And then uh, what do you think? <laughs> and then everybody else starts to tell me ideas, and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be very collaborative, <laughs> but I want to be the guy that says the final thing. You know? Right. I want Which is, and your final thing is, yes, of course, I'll use that. <laughs> That's a really good, good idea. idea. I'll like take that. it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a blast filming half of that movie. Yeah. And um, it was, it was a, uh, it was a fun time. I think it was. Um, I liked the area that we shot it in. Where did we shoot it? We're out in Bombay Beach, which is right by the Sultan Sea, which is kind of. It's out past Palm Springs, I think, right? Like out east from LA, on the desert. It's this weird little town. They tried to start like a little resort town next to this little this lake of a thing. But then like after they built these homes, this little square blockage of, of stuff, um, they discovered that the water was like crazy salty and killing any fish that was living there. Yeah, and, and it, it started and to it, stink bad. And it started to stink from the dead fish and the water. You couldn't go enjoy like the rot. water. Yeah. It started to yeah. stink like rot everywhere you go. Um, so like the town fell apart. So now it's just like a half abandoned shanty town of a thing. And it's, and we stayed there for three nights. Yeah. We shot all day. Um, I got to stay in an RV, which I, I called and I got the whole thing to myself. You got one of the best spots. No one else wanted to stay in the RV? Uh, there was no. like an, enough other beds, but also nobody did. Yeah, everybody else was well. Everybody else was scared to be there. Like it was a dangerous looking place. Yeah, because I said that there's a chance Rod might swing by. Oh yeah, you were saving space for Rod. 
Rod's coming back to pick up more and of his the, smell. And that's why everyone was so sc- so scared. Like, yeah, oh, that yeah. does make sense. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Kurt, where did you stay? I don't remember. I was in um, one of the houses. I was in the house that 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 was. He stayed at Trump house. Tower. I stayed at Trump Tower. I was on the fifty fourth floor, um, the reverse of forty five, obviously. Um, yes. And that was a political statement you were making, but no one picked it up. Yeah, because I was the opposite of Trump. It was a political statement I was making on the set that I never made point for anyone to understand. Yeah. I was at the house that became Linda's house, a friend of the pod, Anna Saragina. Anna Saragina. Ever met her? Uh, yes. Anna Saragina is in the movie, and she's fantastic. And she plays Wait, Did you say in one of the four beds? There's a yeah. There was there's a, little, a bed. There's a room that we called the four bedroom, and because it had four beds, and it was, it was one room with four beds. Yeah, and I was in one of those. It rocked. I had a great time. Uh, remember the cartoon where or the the uh, the three bears that lived in that house? Yeah, uh, uh, and that lady slept sure. on all the beds. Yeah, and then the beds were just side by side like that. That was like the four bedroom, yeah, and that's that my favorite part of the whole ex- experience. Was there porridge? There was, there was porridge, yes. There was too much porridge, which we felt yeah. guilty about because we didn't like – there's starving kids in Africa, but we, we were – And I think it was porridge. too cold, and some of this porridge was too hot. Well, some yeah, no, you, that's funny. You said too cold, but some people did say too hot. So yes. Hmm, they didn't listen. Nobody was just right. Never, rarely. There's – no, I don't think so. That's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, it's wild how it happens that way sometimes. Uh, so, Kurt, what were some movies you were getting amped up watching in order to go make uh, Derek's Dead? That's a fun question. Um, I'm a big fan of the, I don't know if they're mumblecore or not, but like that almost mumblecore territory of like the Duplass brothers and Joe Swanberg. Yeah. He makes some stuff with that guy, Jake Johnson, who was in you know who loves of. You know who loves um, the Duplass brothers? That, and who I cannot stop talking about them, um, and talks about them when they talk to me all the time. Ooh. It's my own mother. Hell, my <laughs> mom as a Duplass fan. My mom loves them. She goes, "You need to say Blue Jay. Blue Jay is so good." And have you seen Paddleton? Paddleton's so good. That's Your what mom my mom sounds like a thirteen-year-old girl. Um, she is. Oh. I'm two. Two. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that that adds up. Um, oh, gotta be three top. Kurt, your audio went just haywire. Did you say something cancelable, and your computer's trying to save you? I did. Okay, Thank cool. You computer. Yes. Actually, <laughs> um. really, that's a good feature for your computer. Yeah, it's ready. I programmed it in. I just put in all my keywords that I say that are bad. <laughs> um, and it just kind of immediately shuts the computer down when it knows I'm about to say it. It's that. It's that smart. Oh, uh, Kurt, you're you're what you're the king of uh, two camera. You're two camera Kurt is what we call you. <laughs> yeah, that's the Hollywood term. Yeah, because um, we shot every scene with two cameras, and honestly, it all the scenes just flew by. That's the that's the uh, that's the benefit of it, right? I mean, uh, that's how we shot it in basically five days because we can blow through scenes so fast because we don't have to bother with like three or four different setups and all sorts of coverage. I just like to shoot. I mean, I want to shoot. It's not for efficiency sake that I do it because I just want everything to be that natural and sincere. I want each reaction to be a real reaction to the line we just saw from the other person. Like I want that sincerity in every scene. So I want to shoot two cameras and then whoopsie daisy, look at that. It's actually super efficient because we can just blow through things all day long. And it's like it only takes like. Rod loves blowing through things. Yeah. Rod blows. 
What does that mean? Yeah, we don't he know yet. Through his pants whenever he farts. <laughs> no, I know what it means. It means he blows yeah. through his pants whenever he farts. That's what I thought it meant too. I, I mean, I told that's like a private thing, and I don't think you need to tell everybody that. When when Rod walks around, it looks like he just got done sitting on cartoon dynamite. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of just sharp pieces of pants sticking out in a circle. Yeah. If you're ever hanging out with Rod and he suddenly starts running really fast out of nowhere, it's because he farted and it just pushed him. And his legs went limp and they're just like hitting the ground Sorry. and it looks like he's running. But he's actually yeah. floating away from the force of the fart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, Kurt, when did you know that this crap was done? This is oh, the hardest God. part of making anything. Is like, Christ, I don't know. How do you how do you know it's finished? I never. I don't. Still, I still think I fucked up somewhere. Uh, yeah, that, I'm. St- I'm still waiting for someone to be like, "Ooh, you know what? There's like a there's like five seconds of black in the middle of the scene. You fucked up." Um, What's your biggest mess up? I feel like you've had one, like you exported, and there was some. Was there ever like a mess up like that? There's something. There like was. That. I don't remember a significant mess up, but I was. I lost my mind with the color correction. Oh yeah, I remember that. Why? I, I, I like didn't I, I I just went around in different circles. Like we shot it in a way the way we shot it in 4K there was like not a lot of color. I forget something about the raw footage like it's not a lot of color but it's all there. You can like You shoot it in a log, like a log setting, like it's like where it's washed out. Yeah, which I don't understand. So then So like, it like since it's washed out, it gives you like the most flexibility when it comes to like color correcting it afterwards. Yeah. Which makes sense, but I didn't understand it, and I still barely understand it. So it doesn't make. And sense. I only understand it because I built the cameras before. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're a camera head. You know, I remembered something about Kurt's movie. Uh, when Kurt first started, to, he wanted to shoot the movie. He asked me if he could use my apartment because he needed a he needed a sad single man's apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and he, and he and he and he stepped in there, and he goes. Yep. Oh geez, this is even worse than I thought, man. I gotta, <laughs> I can't do this. No, it was perfect. Like I just, I like, it wasn't even like. It still sounds like fake spin, but I, I think like Rod has a minimalist style of it. Like I just knew about him. I knew he wouldn't have like a bunch of gaudy decorations. Um, and, and for people was- that don't know, like what minimalist style means, it's like you have just like, a little trash in this corner. <laughs> A yeah. little, just a little trash in that corner. One tiny frame on the wall for some reason, kind of behind the TV. Um, I just moved my TV, so there's like <laughs> oh, okay. That He's used to be where my three pictures one... were. Yeah. Uh, um, there's also but, um, another cool thing is I gotta let Whit back in. Um, um, and there's another cool thing about Rod's apartment is he has a really cool deadbolt that's inside of his apartment that says oh, like one of the chain ones? in case of police. Under. Whoa, that's yeah. badass, Rod. Yeah, I mean Not it's for coming for him, dude. Yeah, yeah. So. so I was like, Rod, I need a really sad guy's apartment. Can I shoot in yours? And I, he said, I, okay. And I went over and checked it out, and I went, man, this is perfect. Um, and we were gonna do it, but then for one reason or another, we changed it, and I just shot it at my apartment. And then I can't remember if I still needed it or I felt guilty, but I was like, Rod, come be, come stand next to Greg. <laughs> Huh. And um, I got to stand next to Greg for my starring role in your movie. He's one of the stars. He's the runaway and that's, star. That, that's actually the twist of the movie is that um, Rod's not in it for longer. Yeah, the movie called Derek Dead. You, you think it's about Derek Dead, but then all of a sudden, whoops, Rod Derek. So You introduce yes. uh, Rod and he never comes back. And that's, sorry to spoilers, but. Sorry to I spoilers. actually I guess I do he comes come back. back. He comes back at the end, but not really in a. 
in a prominent way. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. He kind of doesn't need to be there when he comes back. It's yeah. kind of unnecessary at that point. I mean, even really oh, when so, I when I'm there the first time, I don't really need to be there. So Rod, what did I mean, uh, Kurt? So you wanted Rod's apartment because you needed the apartment of a sad, lonely man. Um, but why do you need my Camry, which is now Rod's Camry, which is kind of funny. <laughs> if you think about it. Which is really funny. I think because uh, I was, I drive my, I drove my old Prius for like my character's car. But then we get in a separate character's car for a reason I don't remember. It might not have mattered, but we just get in a separate car. So I just needed another car. And I don't think Joe McAdam, the guy who, who drives the other car, I don't think he could use his. So I was like, who has a car that's very average and I don't think they care about? And Thank Wits, you. Wit came up. Yes, right. <laughs> um, I, so Joe McAdam, famously a comedian who's really great. Famously. He has an old ball and chain, which Clay knows all about. And yes. they don't like you letting actors and directors borrow your car. Don't right. you – the last thing you want to come home and say to your old missus is my buddy's going to borrow the car for a yeah. moment. So I mean, one time, get... Wit, you did let somebody borrow your car, and they, um, they, did, they did ruin it. The shit yeah, yeah. It. One time, somebody borrowed my car for a shoot, and they wrecked it, and the bumper fell off, and they didn't tell me. And then they gave it back to me, and then I drove for five seconds, and the bumper fell off. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> Dude, out there. Let's freaking dox them. I'll tell you after the pod. Can I say it right now? I'll just say it. It's Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I yeah. knew it, dude. He see, he did the same thing to me with my helicopter. It's for, it was for Irishman. <laughs> yes. Um. So one other question: uh, Who colored this this bad boy? Yeah, that was me. Why? We were just talking about it. Did you hear it? Yeah, yeah. But who did it? Like. Did, I, so it was, this is where I lost my mind. This is the one step in the process where I, I almost broke in half completely because I, it started from that washed out 4k thing and I had to figure out the color and I took it to a friend to color, to color it. And I was like, I don't know, maybe like this. And then he did it like that. And like through a couple sessions of us, like giving notes. And then by the time I had that from him, I was like, wait, I don't like this either. And then I figured out how to do it in Premiere myself. So I was like, oh, never mind. I'm just going to mess with it myself. And then I had to text my friends like, hey, I'm doing a bunch of other stuff. Um, thank you, but do you still want to be credited? And he said, no, don't credit me. Uh, so you canceled him. And then I him. spent months. So, you, so months. yeah, you canceled him. I canceled him. His career's over. Bye. Nice knowing you, Nate. Good yeah. luck with your second kid. Um, and... I just did months and months of going through it over and over and over and obsessing. And it, I, I look at it now and I'm like, that doesn't look right. What did I do there? I don't think it looks so bad. No, I don't yeah, think nobody so. else has noticed. So it's yeah. all in my head, of course. So it's in your head, my man. Yeah, you were flipping out the, uh, the whole – just I mean, even from writing it, you looked um, more stressed than I've ever seen a man in my, um, my life. Well, I was already – like the whole – my main motivation to make it was – I think I have to leave. I'm not doing well. I think I have to get out of LA. I got to do like one big thing before I go. Because if I go, I might go forever. I might, I might be giving up forever. So I was like, I got to do one more thing before I get out of here. And that thing ended up being a feature film. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. 
You are not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. I'm the type of guy who, uh, I mean, me and Clay are working on something. Clay will like get uh, 12 hours of sleep and wake up well rested and come on to set. Whereas I uh, couldn't sleep, had nightmares. I've aged 40 years. I'm pulling all my hair out because how stressed out I am. Uh, and that lasts usually. I mean, so with he really does age four years. And so like when he goes on to set, he looks like he's 24. Yeah. Wow. Because he's only 20. <laughs> and so, and then that won't end until people see it, until like I show people. And then Clay's the opposite. He doesn't even care if people watch it. Yeah. Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to him at all. So whereas like, that's the only thing that gives me, relieves my stress. So when did it end for you, the like stress and the night stress and the panic and all that shit? I don't, I, it barely did. I don't even know if it did. Like, I remember even, like even when you premiered it, you looked stressed. At the, at the premiere, we did a friend and family screening at the downtown independent in LA. You guys all came. I was, I was miserable. I was not comfortable. I was actually really? getting very sick, but I was not comfortable at all. I was in the back. I was in the hallway. I was pacing around. The one moment there was this fun big twist um, that I was not confident or not sure of. I wasn't sure how it was going to be, uh, how it was going to get reacted to, but it got a great reaction. And that was like maybe 10 seconds of like, okay, nice. I did a good thing. But as soon as it was, the movie was over and it was time for everyone to come speak to me and look me in the eyes and for me to have to speak back, I was a mess again. Uh, oh, and then okay. even like even like trying to promote it now, just just telling people, please go pre-order yeah. it. I think it's good. I don't. I'm already like stressed out. I'm already. Well, that's like, the second. They're gonna hate it. Like, they're gonna rent it and they're gonna hate it. And it's I'm the worst and I'm a failure. Yeah, for me, it's like people see it and then that lets me relax a little bit, and then I feel okay until I start being asked to promote it, uh-huh. and then I start to feel sick and I get a- anxious and I can't drink coffee because it makes me want to bang my head through the wall. Yeah, and it's just like an an endless cycle, and I think the only cure for this is uh, fame, because yes. if you have fame, then you're getting constant like validation from I don't I don't know the internet or something. Yeah, no, well, this is matter. how you're just like, is... financially comfortable, and you have yeah. the you have a career. So like, okay, I'll live with that anxiety because like at least I'm gonna be rich, and people think I'm famous. Right. Uh, this is how um, Kurt talks to me. He texts me um, while he's making a movie. He goes, I hate myself. I hate everything and I want to die. And then two minutes later, he goes, hey, I have another idea for another movie I want to make. Um, yeah. yeah. That, and that's, I, I mean, that's, there's, be- there's, I'm lucky in that regard. Like as much as I get stressed out, like I, I don't know. I, st- I was going to say, I'm still able to like keep going and push through it. With that said, I was the movie fucked me up. I w- there was a month, I'd say at least a month after the movie was done, I would wake up in the middle of the night at least once a night in a panic, thinking more often than not thinking, "Oh fuck, we need Wit's car again." But I already gave Wit's car back. I gotta go get Wit's car. Oh my god, oh my god. But it's the movie's done. We had nothing to shoot that day. I was just like, it was, you know, I don't want to sound like a wimp trying to steal the thing of a soldier's. But it felt like PTSD. No, no, that's what we do on this podcast. We yeah, it's all about stolen valor. Yeah, yeah. 
So well, I'm like, yeah, I got I like PTSD. I'm just as, I've been through just as much as, as vets at that point. Yeah, uh, I did the same thing. The sleeping thing was just like, yeah, right. Give me a fucking break. Oh, yeah. I didn't sleep much at all. <clears throat> I was getting up, especially when we were out in Bombay Beach. Like my bir- We shot on my birthday. My birthday, my 35th birthday was the worst day of the whole shoot. Yeah, I remember that. And I got up at like four the next morning and walked around all the locations we had for that day and like mentally like got every shot ready to go, like knew exactly where everything was going to be because that was the problem the day before. I didn't see everything clearly enough and it just like messed our day up and it dragged and it was the worst day of my life because I was, well, you created a bad day that like didn't go well and everyone was stressed and there was a meal situation and everyone was upset about not getting food at a certain time. I will say this. I'll, I'll tell you my experience with the movie is I hated that the cameras were so heavy, but besides that, it was incredibly easy on my behalf and I wasn't sweating at all. Well, and like, that's one thing I tried to say with you. I think, um, as much as it was great to have you behind one of the cameras, you were more there to just make sure I wasn't shooting anything stupid. Like, yeah, like you were really stressed about the, um, the trailer scene. Oh, sorry. oh the, the home run thing? No, it was like it was like it's like the breaking point in the movie or like the most like emotional point in the movie. Yeah. That you had a shoe, and that's where I was like, hmm, Kurt yeah. might not survive. Yeah. Um, after this. Oh god. Yeah, at the Made end of my birthday day. The one the one in the R V. Yeah, yeah. In your R V. Yeah, no, that shot I was about I was about dead. Yeah, and I was really stressed about it too because you guys were in my R V and I didn't and I wanted everyone to leave so I can get in nice. You wanted you wanted to Sleep. climb into bed and get cozy and relax. Yeah, for sure. Um but yeah, I think that won't happen again. I think I've uh, to get heavy with it. I think I've gone through some good uh, mental emotional uh work. I think it year. gets easier. I think it gets easier. Uh, I think I'll trust myself more. I, I mean, I'm still bugging Clay every week with like a new idea, and I want that's just and that's the problem. Clay's experience is unique because I just think Clay's right about everything. So I always want to hear Clay's answer or Clay's opinion. There's like only two people I need to hear from at this point in terms of like getting notes or anything, and Clay is one of them. So like Clay and God, Clay yeah. and the Lord, are, and know, I get my stuff from the Lord too. So it's and really I get my, I get all my stuff too from my past knowledge of being in the U.S. Army and the Marines. Yes. <laughs> See, vice versa. Rod. Rod just listens to Satan. Yes. Rod only listens well, to the devil because he's a six 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 guy. Yeah. That is true. Because that's that's the cool stuff. Um, which is which is Rod's which is the scariest? Red. Huh? Um, Rod's TV stand is red. I don't think anybody is, can see it. it. Yeah. Like I think it's red. cool. I told I told it Rod. I told Rod that the scariest thing in the world is six six six, and he agreed with me. But it turned out he thought I said sit sit sit. Yeah, which is like he, a dog thing. No, 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 because he yeah. likes to look at asses. Yeah, he doesn't want people to sit. People are sitting because then I can't see the ass. Because that makes him think about people sitting on the toilet of all places, which is where the precious brown goes. And that's when you're sitting on the toilet, you're hiding the poop, which is what is. I get out of there. That's end up so evil. I can see the brown. Um, if I had my way to shoot, you know, you hear about shooting movies back in even just like ten years ago, and how they would have six months to shoot a movie. And um, nowadays, you only get maybe 30, unless it's a Marvel movie, and even then, it's like two months. Yeah. What but was like, the turnaround of this movie? How, from when to what? What's the back end? So the, when you knew you got the green light to make the movie to when the movie was like done shooting, like it didn't feel like you had much time when it was greenlit to 
when you're actually like shooting it? Yeah, no, I didn't. Cause I think, I think I, like I said, like the nature of why I was even trying to make it, I really just had to go. I couldn't hesitate or be patient. I had to make sure it happened as soon as possible. So I didn't lose this momentum of, of I have to make something right now um, before I run away. So like, I just pushed it really fast myself. That was mostly on me. I think shooting it on my 35th birthday was important for some reason. That doesn't make any sense now. No, no, because of 35 millimeter. That's what it was. Sorry. Yeah. Blah, duh. Um, 10 and wait, 45, Donald. And wait, what was I interrupting? You jogged an idea of mine and I just steamrolled. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, Kurt. Oh, 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 yes, I remember. Um, the dream, because it takes, used to get such a long time to make a movie, and it's like, in movies used to be better, you know, a lot better, uh, you, right? I mean, Hollywood productions used to be kind of more consistently. We're, we're specifically talking about the stupids, yes. They, yeah, yeah. The I mean, if the stupids came out right now, truly, if that was like a straight-to-Netflix movie, the stupids, we would be watching it, and we'd be going... Wow, this is actually, I don't love this, but I, I respect this. Oh, I would be laughing. The, I'll be howling at the moon like a damn werewolf. One of the and, better movies of 2020, I bet. Yeah. So, yes. and I think it's because of this time stuff. My dream would be to have um, 30 days of a shoot and then 30 days of reshoots. Right? Like about, a, take a week break. My dream, my dream is I only need a week. I want a week. I want a hundred thousand dollars, and I I'm I'm shooting nine to nine to five. I'm shooting like we're we're starting at nine. We're done by five. We're hanging out at night. We're all like staying on the same property, and we just like everybody makes money, but nobody's getting rich. And we I we just make one movie a year. Well, we shot sort of trust in eleven days. Yeah, and that felt like plenty of time. Nobody was running around stressed out, and we had about I, that budget. I think. Maybe yeah, I mean. Yeah, two, two weeks, 10, 12 days is probably much more realistic, but I bet I could shoot any movie I want to shoot in seven days. Oh, yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, every short film I've ever shot has been three days or something. Yeah. And then that's usually 15 minutes long. You give me, you give me 12 days, I got a feature film. Yeah, well, and I don't care about anything cinematic. Like, the, back to, like, the two-camera thing, I, I kind of want everything to almost look like a documentary. So I don't need, like... Great documentary, 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 documentaries. Pronounced actually. How do you say it? Quite? Documentary. So yeah, you want everything to be like you know where this is cinema verite. Yeah, because I know what that means for sure. <laughs> this is just natural light. Or uh, yeah. for people that don't know what cinema verite is, it's um it it means wiggle camera where a camera yeah. wibbles. Wiggle, wiggle. Because Clay can't carry the thing for too long. Yeah, because so it's shaking. way too heavy. I do oh, remember. Three years old. I do remember editing the uh, the like when Kurt was editing it, oh, and yeah. I was like going through footage. I go, man, I was really wiggly this day. Yeah. Whoa, Clay! Whoa, Clay! There was a lot of that in the edit. Well, Clay, where yeah, are you going? Where are you going? Clay got a Clay got a long day with the big camera. He's gonna yeah. be well, tired. No, no, I do remember being on set where I'm like, I'm bored. I think I'm gonna wiggle. <laughs> well, I think um, that day you were puking every other take. We've got like we had like twenty minutes of footage of you like forgot to turn the camera off. Yeah, like, oh, I was thinking about puking. Yeah, you just had to puke, man. Did you film yeah. any of your puke? I didn't film any of the puke. That was my mistake. Point, he made a point to go pretty far away every time he did it. Yeah, because it stank. <laughs> it was stinky. Did you, did you have to do any pickups or reshoots? 
we did one pickup. We didn't reshoot anything, but we added one shot of, of me getting dropped off at a lift. It took 30 minutes. Which is my favorite scene of the whole movie. It's a fucking great scene. It got Cornell in the movie, and it's got a good Oh, yeah, joke. that's with Joe McAdam in the beginning? Uh, Cornell Reed, when he drops me off at night, right in front of his uh, house. Ah, yes. Uh, he drops me back off at my car. Um, and we did a thing. Oh, that's one of my proudest filmmaking things in the whole movie. Oh, to, yeah. That was really to, hard. We had to light us in the car. But like just the actual car light itself from the door opening wasn't enough. So some Clay or somebody, we had a little light that we set up on the center console thing. And then I had to physically turn the light on at the same time I opened the door to make it look like the car light. But it wasn't. So I had to like be acting and like tired talking to this Lyft driver like, thanks, man. I'll tip you. And like, but I'm still pushing this button as I open the door. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, you have to look tired. You're in the middle of a sentence, and you have to like get the timing right. Yeah, and I nailed it every time. I you did. You that's honestly. Fun. That's cool. And it's a good I, scene. And we shot I that just, scene. We might as well have shot that one on like a cell phone, and it looks fine. Well, I, I just uh, shot something where I had to have barbecue sauce in my hands. Cool. But the first part of the scene, um, I, it, you don't want to see the, that I very obviously have barbecue sauce in my hands. Mm-hmm. So in the scene, a, a person goes, oh, my God, do you have barbecue sauce in my hands? But it's like midway through the scene. She's like, oh, do you have barbecue sauce on your hands? And I'm like, oh, yeah. But because we didn't want to reveal the barbecue sauce too quickly, right. for the first part of the scene, I don't actually have any barbecue sauce in my hands. And then while she's talking, I'm di- I had to dip my hands in a barbecue sauce cup. While you're pretending to listen to her, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, action. <laughs> and then fun. she says, oh, my God, do you have sauce on your hands? And I, I pull my hand out of the, the cup. And that was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do as an actor. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds really hard, but it sounds also really fun. I think it's cool. Yeah, I yeah. want to do stuff like that, but with the cameraman. I want to get more creative with my two cameras of, like, maybe a guy follows a character in from behind. And then once he gets set and we deliver the first line, everyone freezes. And then, like, the second cameraman pops up to where he would have been in the shot previously, but now he's just picking up coverage of the guy who was being followed in the first place. I think you can, that's called economic, economic shooting. Uh-huh. I'm a big economics it. guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. Econ. That's why in everything I've ever made, I'm uh, one inch tall in the frame because uh, I just like to get it all. Just want more space. Just I get just get it, it all at once. There's scenery to get. It's tough to, yeah. tough to see what you're saying, but yeah. Uh, you're an economic guy, right? Oh, no, no. You're a libertarian. Sorry. Uh, but the same thing, right? I mean, I'm not really, I'm not a libertarian, so. Rod, you come for money. Sorry, you come for money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is Uh, true. I mean, that's true. All right, so, Kurt, you have your movie in your head, right? And then you make your movie that you want to make, and then you watch your movie that you made. Um, Tell me how that evolves. In my mind? Like, like, you know, when I, whenever, like, I make something, I have something in my head, and it's very specific, and then I make oh, yeah. it, and it turns out nothing like it's in my head, and I just have to deal with it the rest of my life. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, I went through all that in the writing process, I think. Like, there were so many different drafts. You saw all of them. Like, there was five different movies over the time of that. So, by the time we settled on what we were shooting with, I was good with it. So, in terms of what it ended up as outside of like wishing I would have been a little more creative with some of my frames. I'm like mostly fine with it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's cause I went through so many different versions of it in the first place. And I think 
I think one very beautiful thing of knowing you're just going to improvise everything, nothing's too precious. This isn't like the best concept ever. I even, when I was developing the idea, I specifically started from a point of like, I'm going to follow that super basic Dan Harmon story circle structure. I'm going to pinpoint each little spot and I'm going to make very specific scenes. Yeah, I saw that you did the, the, the Dan Harmon circle, but you skipped the Pickle Rick part. Why did you choose that? Well, at Let's that point, that. Pickle Rick was still so fresh that I didn't want to look like I was just kind of like copying it or ripping it off. I understand. Whereas if it came out this year, like maybe it'd be a cool callback and I would have stick, stuck with the Pickle Rick. Right. Um, but because he was still so cool and so funny, I thought it was uncool to, to put him in my, my well, he's still Well, cool initially, I read one of the original outlines and there was Okra Bob. That's what, that was my attempt at going around the, the current popularity of, uh, of, of, of said Pickle Rick. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the end, it didn't stick. It didn't work. Okra. Yeah. Nobody likes okra anymore. Yeah. Hey, so, I, um, can I say this? I'm, I'm Googling, I googled Derek Stead, and the first yeah. thing that comes up is a YouTube video of Derek's death scene on Grey's Anatomy. Can you speak on that? Did you watch that before you yeah. made the movie? <laughs> well, I've Googled, I've Googled it every day since, and I'm, I, I don't like that it comes up either. Uh, I still haven't watched that scene. I hope it's different than how he dies in my movie. I haven't checked. Right. It could be the same. Now that I think about it, it's a very common death. And the way he died in in your movie is he was in the same room with Rod's character. He was in the same room. Yeah. So at Derek, at, at one point, we didn't know this. We learned this later. Derek was in the same room as Rod's character, which was named. What was your name, Rod? Uh, I think my name was Rod. That's right. It was Rod. Um, <laughs> and Derek was in the same room as Rod. And Rod did does what he does. Rod rips one, blows through his pants. Mm-hmm. But Rod has nowhere to go because Rod was already right in front of a wall. So the force all went backwards, mm-hmm. hit Derek, and he Damn. kind of broke his neck from there. Damn. That's uh, good that that's what comes up when you Google Derek's dead because when you Google the golden one um, – Oh, a white supremacist from like Switzerland or something. A white supremacist no. bodybuilder comes up. That's, yeah. That's cool. YouTube is mad at me because of that. You guys should hang out. YouTube is mad at you? Yeah, yeah. On all the comments on all the golden one – like press or whatever it's just people saying um this is not the white nationalist i came to see this is not the true golden one right oh fuck so they're like coming for you um so kurt um if uh what what would you i'm i'm just curious about um i don't have that many friends that actually made feature films and i want i just want to know um everything um there is to know about making films um do you ever think about how you don't want to direct and act at the same time and produce and edit and do all everything at once you know what it's i know it's obnoxious and i make jokes about it all the time it's probably really stupid to do it that way but the specifically directing while acting i didn't find that hard at all um the producing, I could give up forever. I don't want to produce ever again. Yeah. Um, that destroyed me. That made the, that made, having to remember where the prop gun is, is like, is what destroyed my ability to, to be relaxed in the directing and acting. You know what I mean? So I was like also trying to schedule and like keep track of people and props. And um, I just wanted to be like, Ooh, let's do it like this. And then I'll do this and you'll do that. Okay. Are we ready to shoot? Cool. Let's do it. Like, I just want to be in that part of it. And because of the improvised nature of the stuff, I can, I would like direct in the middle of scenes. Like, okay, wait, 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 go back, do this again, do it like this, give me this specifically. And then we would just fly with it, which again makes it that much more efficient and it's easy to get through these scenes. Um, but that's not, it still might be really stupid to do all of that on your own. 
Because the same, the same thing for editing. I want to see it, man. I want to be in control of it. I want to pick did the you, best scenes and put the best scenes. Did you edit scenes. it? Most of it, yeah. Clay helped a lot, and Bud helped some too. Um, I helped. My the me helping was like minimal. I'm I'm like, I you edited a lot of this movie. Well, no, normally, it, when I help out a friends, I'm doing a lot of ed- editing. But for this, I'm like. Well, and that that was a nice little that was a nice little glimpse of what we were talking about earlier with of like a little bit of comfort that maybe I did something okay. Cause when I did most of the editing and all along, it's like, I'm going to do a crazy rough, whatever pass. And then Clay's going to take over and he's going to do the real editing. But by the time Clay saw it, he like did a couple cuts. Like he didn't do much. And he was like, I just like took some stuff out. I think when, when you like make a movie with that's like improv, it's like hard to pick out. Like I'm what even like change. Yeah. When I work on my own stuff and I edit, I like, I'm so precious and I don't want to cut anything out. But like, right. When someone makes me cut something out, it's like worth it. Right. Um, what, what, how long was the first cut of the movie? Not much longer than what it is now. Yeah, when right now it's an hour 13. Right now it's an hour 13. It was oh, cool. hour 30, hour 35 maybe. Like we cut, a, we cut a decent amount, but it was still only around an hour and a half. And that was my goal all along. I wanted between an hour and an hour and a half. I wanted to make a short movie because I knew nothing I wanted to make was that important that it needed to go longer than that? I think like, an hour just, 13 is a perfect length for a movie. It's perfect. I love just little adventure movies. Some buddies get into some trouble and then whoops, it gets worse. Okay, we got to get out of this trouble. Little, it takes a week. It takes two days. I think Derek's dead. goes over three days maybe, the whole course of the movie. Um, so I don't and need more than an hour and a half, even an hour barely. Do you think the movie might have been better if you would have grown your hair out for it? Yeah, I'm trying to now, man. You've been pushing that for me for years. And I'm trying to grow it out now, and I think I've got it in a place where I don't have to touch it for a while. Yeah, it looks really cool. You just gonna, let it grow. I'm going to go for it, man. I, f- I realize the trick is I would once I couldn't handle it anymore, I'd get a normal cut with the side short. No. But now what I'm doing, I'm just trimming around the ears and the bottom of the neck. So then it looks sharp again, but everything's getting longer. No, you just wear a hat for about three months. And I then, like yeah. hats too. Yeah, I should Wait. do that. But All right, cool. How do you like to see people with the long hair? I just but, get I get frustrated when I see people who have nice hair like Kurt or Clay or even you, but you had long hair. Well, he they also don't. likes long hair because like whenever you step out of line, he can grab it, pull it to the floor, and he can tell you to shut up, bitch. Yeah, yeah he does I like do control. that. Like yeah. Control. No, All right. I just it's just frustrating. I want to see my guy Kurt with these nice locks. Man, it's out. coming. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah. Okay, Kurt, you have a thing at five, right? Um, well, that's fine. Okay. Um. Uh. So that's uh. Kurt Neal. Uh. Your movie is. Where can you pre-order this movie? It, right now, it's uh. It's only available on iTunes. It's available for pre-order. Um. If you can afford it, it it's really cool. It makes us look good. It helps us out. It, it supports you know. Indie and review it and, and crap. stuff like that. Reviews are cool. That. Stars. Um. So it's only iTunes now. Uh. But official release is December fifteenth. All right, and um, uh, um, and okay. Just Christmas Day, Rod. What do you give yeah. the movie? Oh, I give the movie a ten out of ten. Okay, what, what do you give this movie? I give it a ten out of ten. I'll tell you why. It's inspiring. It's uh, that Kurt made the movie. It's funny. Kurt's obviously a star. It's got a a star-studded cast and a surprise great performance from my main man, uh, Joe McAdam. Uh, it's great to see him in a film. Also, it's just it's great to see the guys being funny and having fun, and the girls. And Clay is there, and he and, and he's funny behind the camera. 
Okay, um, all right. Hi, everyone. This is my name is Clay Tatum, and this is my review of the movie uh, 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 Derek Stead, directed um, by Kurt Neal. Um, I like movies that take take risk, and Derek Stead is a movie that definitely takes a risk. By because um, if you have a if you have a set and you get rod on that set, you're taking a huge risk, and I think for being such a, a risk. Um, Taking filmmaker and, and making a, such a risky movie, I give Derek Stead a ten out of ten. Wow! Thanks. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So, of course, um, Kurt, you made um, a genuinely um, a funny movie, and it's uh, it's weird because people don't make funny movies anymore. And uh, everyone who's listening, please pre-order it on iTunes and in the reviews, uh, give it um, a score out of ten. Yeah, so, like, okay. like a ten out of ten is an option. Give it, if there's four stars or whatever available, write in 10 out of 10. Right. And also, you got to watch this movie because it's a good, fun movie to watch, and it will inspire you to make a movie. But you also should just fucking watch it because it's an hour and 13 minutes. Yeah, like, come on. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, what do you guys do? <laughs> it's easy. Uh, it's easy. So support, uh, support cinema. Uh, pre-order support, it right now. Review Oregon it. Cinema. And if we get enough reviews, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be on the New York Times best. It's gonna make national list. news. Yeah, it's gonna make national news. Um, so do that, and um, yeah. So Kurt, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you, um, boys. I can't wait to make Great your to other movie. Good. Thanks, Kurt. That I'm gonna make you make. Really apostrophetic. I got a bu- I got six of them on the wall, man. You want to be a part of the next one or not? Yeah, I told you. Uh, there's only one that I want you to make, so make oh, that the dry- one. That's the one that's the most thought out. Okay, we're good. Yeah, so make that one, and I'll help you make it. All right. All right, cool. Sounds good, everyone. Okay. Um, everyone listening to the podcast, you know what to do. Um, buy this movie. Okay. Uh, bye, gang. Bye. Bye. Bye.